today is a very special day, and I'm very excited because what we are going to talk today is something that um, it really changed everything uh, as I was walking up, as I was um, growing up as a, as a Christian. So I want you to pay, to pay close attention um, because some people may think or may see this with different lenses, but I think we're going to see a story today that is going to be able to give you a different perspective. And we're going to be talking about one of the biggest miracles that Jesus performed. Imagine that. Um, or at least to our eyes, to the eyes of the people that were with Jesus at that moment. It was considered one of the biggest miracles. In fact, it was like the, the grand finale. I mean, he was about to be crucified very soon. And I believe that this miracle um, showed everything that Jesus is in this uh, miracle by itself. So I consider it the biggest miracle. This is the miracle. Um, if we're looking with our own eyes or, or the people's eyes. In fact, let me tell you a little bit of what is going to happen. Let me give you the, the small introduction. In John eleven seventeen, it says the following. Now, when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, this is very important because uh, this is going to set up everything about this miracle. We're going to be talking about the miracle of the resurrection. And um, it was a resurrection of a dead person. But it, more than that, it was the resurrection of Jesus' friend. And uh, what he's about to do is going to shock everyone, everybody. And why I read this verse in the beginning is because it is important to note that when Jesus came to perform this miracle, it clearly says that it had passed four days before he did the miracle, um, when Lazarus was dead. And there was a, something in the culture of those days that is key to these four days. Um, on those days in the culture, they will declare a person that was dead after the third day. So sometimes, you know, they will think that somebody is dead, uh, but then, you know, uh, the next night or the, next, or the day before or, I mean, the, the night after, um, they, you know, the person will wake up and what happened is he was just maybe like sleeping or something. And um, only after the third day is when somebody that had passed away was considered legally death. So the fact that Jesus came and he went to this friend of his on the fourth day, it will give no doubt to anybody that was there. I think he did this miracle with a couple of purposes. And, and I'm giving you the introduction so you can understand what the miracle is going to be all about. But it's, it's very important to know that the purpose of this miracle was, number one, to show that Jesus had authority even over the death. Okay? So 
Uh, at that point, so many people were following him because his, when he was speaking, he, he spoke like no other person. Because people have seen so many miracles perform. He, he, he did so many things that people were very interested in, in, in Jesus. But it's up to this point that he's going to prove that he's not only a good teacher, that he's not only um, a prophet that can perform miracles in the name of God, but that he actually was the Messiah, the one, the, the one that everybody was waiting for. And, and he did this in front of a lot of people. So they were going to be able to see. And, and number two, the number two purpose of this is because of a statement that he said when we're going to be taking a look at that statement, when all this was happening. And that statement was, I am the resurrection and the life. And with this miracle, he was going to prove to everyone that was around in that moment that he was, in fact, that. So let me, let me tell you the next two verses that I think they're critical for the introduction as well. And in, in verse 18, it says, Bethany, that's where uh, Lazarus uh, lived, was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. This is key because... Um, if you, if you think about it, two miles is really close. So where they were living was really close to Jerusalem, where most of the Jews uh, lived at that time. In fact, two miles, if you know the location of the church, is about from here to Oak Ridge Mall. That's how close it was. Like, you can walk in about 30 or 40 minutes. Okay, so a lot of people, a lot of, of the friends, a lot of, of the Jews came uh, to the house of Mary and Martha um, from Jerusalem uh, just, to, just to console her at that time. Um, and it, it is really funny. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Um, when I became a Christian... And I first heard about this passage. This is what I imagine. I imagine that when he made the proclamation that he was the resurrection and the life, I imagine him being in front of all these people that came from Jerusalem. And he, he said it in a way, that's what I was imagining in my head, that um, he said it in a way for everybody to hear, and it was a declaration for everybody. So in my mind, I kind of imagine like, you know, he going with his shirt and saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Just like, like Superman, I don't know, like Super Christ, maybe the initials. And maybe I thought about this because I, you know, I used to love uh, Superman when I was a kid. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> When I was like about eight, um, my mother gave me as a gift a Superman costume. And I really thought that I had, you know, unique powers <laughs> uh, at that age. In fact, when I would put the, the costume, um, you know, the entire thing, 
I even thought that I could fly. And we used to live in an apartment that it was in the second story, two stories. Um, and I opened up the window of the living room and I just stepped onto the edge of the window and I was ready to jump because I was convinced that I could fly. <laughs> and if it wasn't uh, for my uh, super mom that she caught me in t on time, I don't know what would have happened. But, um, but you know, that's how I imagine Jesus saying this statement. Like, I am the resurrection and the life. And then when, when he was going to uh, bring Lazarus uh, out, out of the death, I imagine maybe, I also like other movies, but I imagine him using the force and moving the rock, you know, so that Lazarus could come up out of, you know, I love movies. So. <laughs> but that's how I imagine. But, but here, I'm going to tell you something um, that even though this was the miracle on people's eyes, he performed another miracle just before resurrecting Lazarus. And this miracle was to one person. And in fact, when he said that I am the resurrection and the life, he didn't say it to a multitude of people that were from Jerusalem. He said it to one person. Because he's the good shepherd. He will leave the 99 to give a special message to one person. And why I'm telling you this is because Jesus is still alive today. He still loves us to this day. And in particular, he loves you. And I think with this message, he's going to tell you how much he cares about you. I know he came for the salvation of everyone but when he was on that cross, I'm sure that your name was on his mind. Think about this. In John 3.16, it says that he got, God gave his only son so that everyone that believed in him could have eternal life. So Jesus came for everyone. But God also knew who was going to say yes to Jesus' sacrifice. So, in fact, when he was dying in that cross, he was dying for the people that accepted him as his Lord and his uh, Savior. So, you and me were on his mind on that cross. And he still loves you and he still wants to be involved in your life. And that's why I think it's so important to understand that um, Jesus is not on, has not only resurrected but he's involved in our day-to-day -day life. And the miracles that he did for everyone to see, he's also interested in doing it in your life for you personally. So let's continue to see how the story really goes. Um, the person that we're, we're going to be talking about today is Martha. Martha was the sister of Lazarus. She was the sister of Mary. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Martha. Martha 
Um, I think her personality was like a bee. She was always busy. She was always trying to do everything that needed to be done. In fact, a prior time that Jesus came to visit their house, Martha complained and told Jesus, Jesus, aren't you going to say something to Mary? She's just there contemplating you. And I, I'm having to do all the dishes. I'm having to do all the table setting. I'm having to take care of the people that are coming. Uh, and she's not helping me. Or Mary is not helping me. Can you please say something to her? So she was busy. She was taking care of everything. She was that person that took care of every little detail. Um, she was like an outgoing person, which for that culture, for a woman, it was, it was not the norm. Um, she was like a go-getter. <laughs> In fact, when Lazarus got sick, uh, the first thing that she does, and you can read this um, in John chapter 11, starting from verse 1, but the first thing that she did is she sent a messenger to tell Jesus. Um, at that point, she knows that her brother is getting sick and she cannot do anything, but she knows that she has Jesus. And Jesus, with one word, will be enough for restoring his health. So what she did is she sent a messenger to let him know. But what happened then is the days started to go by and Lazarus was not getting better. So I wonder what was going through her mind at that time. I wonder if she was starting to have doubts. I wonder if she felt like she couldn't control the situation anymore. She had done everything that she could, but she, once, she was the friend of Jesus, and she was counting on Jesus to do something for her friend. It's not like a person that she didn't know about Jesus. The whole family knew about Jesus. Everyone had an intimate relationship with Jesus. So, so she surely had put her trust in Jesus, but she was just waiting, and nothing happened. In fact, her brother died. And I think that's when, when she got in, in a shock. Every time something very hard happens in, in your life, uh, usually your first reaction is like, like in shock. Like you cannot even think right. You cannot even, you know, assimilate what is going on. You're just in shock. Um, this happened to me, I don't know, probably 15 or 17 or 18 years ago. I forgot the exact date, but um, I was uh, living here in San Jose, and a fire that happened took away everything that I had, like everything. And I'm telling you, the first reaction uh, when something really hard happens to you is like you don't even know what to do. So I think Jesus was waiting for, for that time, for those four days, not only for Lazarus, but I think also for Martha. Because what she was going through 
was something that really shocked her, you know, through the, to the bottom of her heart. And then after the first, you know, maybe few hours, maybe a couple of days, that's when Martha started thinking a little bit more clearly. And I think this is what is going on. She was living with Mary and Lazarus. But in the culture on those days, you know, the woman, um, if you didn't have a man around you, you were like lost. Like you were not even part of society. Like you couldn't go out to work. You couldn't control the situation anymore. And I guess she was thinking, what is going to happen now? What is going to be my future now? You know, I, I, I know we have been in a very difficult situation. And uh, this past 15 months is something that really shook us. And it's, it's not like something very bad happened to one person or a group of people. This is something that happened to the entire world. This is what we have been through is something that everyone had to deal with. And all of us had to uh, at least make significant changes on how we live. And to others, it has been even worse because they have lost their job. They have maybe lost somebody due to the COVID, um, somebody from the family. Somebody that they knew. And it has been a very difficult situation. And sometimes we even think, what's going to happen now? That's why, that's why all the confusion and all, and all the commotion in these past couple of weeks. Because when they say, yeah, now it's safe that you can take your masks off. We have been living with masks for 15 months. And now people don't know how to even adjust. Let me tell you something. Whenever there is a transition on your life, that's when it's the most difficult. You are adjusting. In fact, I remember this very clearly um, because when I was adjusting uh, to my new height, it was very painful. <laughs> um, I remember the aches that I had on my body as my bones were growing up. Um, and I didn't understand it at that time. I knew something was happening in my body, but I didn't know what was going on. And the stretching, the changing, everything that God does in our lives when he's putting us through a transition period is when it hurts the most. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if this is something that is going to be permanent or we're going to go back to normal or there is a new normal. We don't know what is going to happen with our lives. And that's exactly where Martha was at that moment. She didn't know what was going to happen. Her life was turned upside down. The security in her house was gone now. She didn't know what was going to happen with her future how she was going to survive. So maybe she thought, you know, I don't know. I, I have no other solution. I, I, there is nothing I can do. So I'm just going to go day by day. And I'm just going to just continue to live, but without any life in me. 
Maybe if they had phones on those days, she will try to keep busy with the Instagram or something because she didn't even know what her purpose was anymore. And the person that she trusted the most didn't come through for her. Like, like the, the, the whole faith that she had in Jesus was at that time shattered, broken, because he didn't come through. And for sure he will come through to a friend. For sure she will come, he will come through with Martha and Lazarus. But Jesus didn't. And I know there has been situations in your life when you think that God has forgotten about you. But I'm here to tell you that God has a special purpose in everything that goes in your life. He had a purpose for this season that we're going through. And we have to not lose faith in him, but instead trust him with everything, with every single cell of our body, because he's doing something special. Martha thought that, she, that Jesus had forgotten her. But in fact, what Jesus was doing is preparing something that he was going to be far greater than she could ever imagine, that she could ever present. So, so what, what Jesus was preparing was something huge for her life. And I think the same for us in this season. Don't lose hope in this season. The storm doesn't stay all the time with us. There is going to be a day that is going to pass and you'll see the sun. And it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be bright. So there is always uh, hope in Jesus. We, we just need to make sure that we know that Jesus still is involved in our lives. Look what happens next. Um, in, in John eleven twenty, it says the following. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. So finally, Martha hears about Jesus. So, I imagine there were a lot of uh, mixed feelings at that moment. Just like maybe you're having right now. Because there is a struggle. What you're living, and then what you're hearing. Your faith. And there is always these struggles in our lives. But Martha, for a second, gets up and runs to Jesus. And that's exactly what we need to do in times of transition, in times where, you know, days are difficult, in situations when you don't know what to do. Just allow your faith to get into you, to make you stand up and run to Jesus. And this is what happened when, when, he, when she goes to Jesus. He says, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I don't know if you hear Martha's heart, but it's like, 
Lord, if you just, you came too late. You came too late. You, you can see that she's struggling through all that. And then um, look what happens next. Then on verse uh, 23, this is what Jesus says. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And then on verse 24, he says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. So, so look, look what Jesus says. Jesus says, your brother is going to rise again. Martha doesn't know what is about to happen, the miracle. Martha doesn't know. She, she, she cannot see more. But God has a plan for our lives. And, and even though we cannot see it in the future, continue to trust Jesus. But then Martha says, yes, I know that he will rise again on the last day. So listen to me. She had her theology right. She knew what God had said in the scriptures. She knows what's going to happen eventually to all of us. But what about right now? It's probably what Martha is saying. I know he will rise. But what's going to happen now? What's going to happen with my life? What's going to happen with my future? Everything is completely lost when I lost my brother. So we might have our theology right we might know that Jesus is for us. We might know that there is a purpose on everything that he does. But Jesus is not as interested. I'm not saying that this is wrong because theology is important so you can get to know God. But after you know theology, you need to know that God is a God that is alive. And he wants to be part of your life. And... and what he's going to say right now is going to shock uh, Martha. But what, what he's trying to say is there is more than just theology. So even though she got it right, Jesus was saying, I love you. I'm interested in everything that you do and in everything that you are and in everything that you're going through. This is very important because, because I think at this moment, um, Martha is trying to understand what Jesus is saying. Um, because even though she knew that he, her brother was going to rise up, um, you know, she still had to deal with so many things here on the daily day. And, and that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you guys, that you might say, okay, yes, God is for me and God has a purpose. But how about when I'm dealing with my kids <laughs> and I cannot control myself and I want to do something out of the ordinary? <laughs> or how about when I lose my job? Or how about when a person passed away? Or how about with the situation that I'm confronting right now? 
And Jesus is telling you, it's not only enough to know about him, but what you need to do is experience Jesus in your life, in every situation, in every area of your life. Continue to trust what he's doing and know that he's involved in every little detail of your life, if you allow him. Now, look what it says um, in, the, in the next in the next verse, then it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. This is when Jesus said that statement. I am the resurrection of the, and the life. And he said it to Martha only. Whoever believes in me, thought he die, yet shall he live. And Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he goes, do you believe this? And I guess that's the question that we're struggling with right now. Is in the situation that we're going through, do we believe that God wants the best for us? Even though we might have a different understanding of what is best even though we have, cannot see what the future is ahead of us, can we continue to trust that Jesus wants to be part of our lives? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to believe it from the bottom of your heart with all of your strength. And when you do that, when you invite Jesus into your lives, it makes all the difference in the world. Now, remember when I told you that I thought, that Jesus, you know, this, did this big statement saying, I am the resurrection. As I come to know Jesus, and I have a better understanding of how he was and, you know, the things that he used to do. And as, as I come to more, know him more and more, this is, I think, what happens at that moment. Jesus is coming back. To the, to, the, to the town where Martha and Mary are, and he's walking. And as soon as Martha finds out, he, she gets up and she goes running to Jesus. And as she's running to Jesus, I think at that moment is when all her emotions are coming up to the surface. It's like, it's like when I had the experience of the fire. Remember I told you I was in shock. But when I come to my senses is the night that I had to sleep in somebody else's house. And I was going to go to bed. And as I was going to go to the restroom to brush my teeth, I immediately remember that I had lost everything that I had not have at that moment a toothbrush, that I don't have anything to wear for the night, that I really had lost everything that I have. And when all those emotions came up, it's like finally I realized, and I think, you know, that's when I broke down and, and, and that's when it really took me and it was, it was like, a, like a huge hit on my life. And I think that's exactly what Martha is going through. Right now, as she's running, as she's going to meet Jesus, everything that is going on inside of her, 
it's starting to be like a, like a train wreck. Like it hits her really hard and she's trying to deal with all these emotions and she finally sees Jesus and she probably just tried to hug him and there is nothing that she can do and she tries to rest on him and her whole life, her whole body at that moment is on Jesus at that moment. And I think Jesus takes her just like that good uh, shepherd with all the love and all the care. And they probably found a place where they can sit and they probably just sat down and Jesus at that moment start to hear what Martha is saying. And Martha says, Lord, if you were probably here, I wouldn't have to go through everything that I'm going through. Probably everything that is happening, all the uncertainty, you know, all the hopelessness that I have at this moment, if you just were here, it would make all the difference. And I imagine Martha is, run, is, you know, her tears are running down her face and, and she's just opening her heart. She's not blaming Jesus, but that's all the emotions that are coming through. Um, you know, talking to Jesus and then Jesus says, don't worry, Martha. Lazarus will rise again. And then Martha says, yes, I know, I know that he will, but... It's way more than that. Is that everything that I had was now shattered. All my goals, all my you know, ambition, everything that I was able to control before, everything, there is no hope anymore for me. And I don't even know what to do. Because even the person that I trusted the most didn't come through. And probably Jesus at that time said very quietly, just for Martha to hear, and say, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. It's like if Jesus was telling her at that time, you probably had your hopes in everything else but in me. You probably know about Scripture and what God has to say on every situation. You probably know about all that. But it is way more than that. I am the life. I am the purpose for your life. I am the most important thing that you can have. You might do your own plans. You might have trying to do everything on your own strength. But I want to be the center. I want to be the most important thing in your life. There is no other reason. There is no other purpose. Jesus wants to be part of everything that we do. In every situation, the ones that we can control and the ones that we can't. 
the ones where we have joy and the ones that we struggle. The simple things in your day-to-day to the most important things, decisions that you need to take. If we take Jesus and if he's the center of your life, then you're going to be able to experience something totally different, far more beyond of just knowing theology, of knowing just that there is a God, far more than what the scripture says. You're going to be able to experience God in your own life. So don't worry about the situation that you're going through. Don't worry about the stretching and, and the adjusting that we have to do because we are in a transition period. Continue to trust God in every situation and know that he doesn't want us to just live our days like we're completely dead. There is a reason why Jesus is in our lives. is to give us life in every situation and in every area that we're going through. Don't try to escape trying to do other things to be able to continue to keep yourself busy. But instead, get up and look and run to Jesus because he's the answer of everything that we go through. He's the center and the most important thing. He's our rock for our lives. When we can start firm and know that, you know, when we have him, as our basis, there is nothing that is going to be able to hit us and to be able to, you know, finish with everything that we do with our lives. There is more than just eternal life. Listen to me, because sometimes we think that accepting Jesus and the sacrifice that he did on that cross is just because or so that we can have eternal life. But Jesus is offering way more than that. He's not only offering the eternal life, but he's offering a different life here, right now, in the present. That's why Jesus said, I am, not I will be your life or your resurrection, But I am right now, as you continue to live today in this moment, even on those things that God has put in your heart today that you're struggling with, He is the life even on those areas of your life. So let's continue to trust Jesus and let's continue to be able to accept His purpose and everything that he's doing in our lives. Here is the challenge. And, and as I invite the band to come up here. Um, here is the challenge for all of us. Here is the homework. Here is the thing that I want to uh, tell you to, to put into practice. Because something is very clear. Somebody said this. A message is not complete until we put it into action in our lives. A preaching, a message has not been completed until you are obedient. Otherwise, what we're doing here is just entertainment. If there is no purpose for you, if you just like to hear it, it doesn't make sense. 
we have to put what Jesus is telling us in obedience in our hearts. So here is the challenge. During this season, have you been struggling with something? Is something dead right now in your life? It's, there is something on, on, on any area of your life, your relationships, your financial, even your faith, where you feel that you have lost all hope because what you thought it was going to be the solution didn't come through. Even being a Christian, even knowing Jesus, even being a friend of Jesus. But in that particular area, he didn't come through. And what I want you to think is that there is a purpose of in, in everything for God. And this is what God said on 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's not on the screen, but remember this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says that he has made us a new creation. The past is now gone. And now all things are new, are beautiful. There is new life in your life. When you invite Jesus in that area, in that difficult situation, in that struggle that you're trying to manage right now, or in that area where you lost all hope. When you invite Jesus, he brings new life into that situation. Sometimes we try to work it out with our own strengths. And what Jesus is waiting is for you to let go. So he can take control of that situation. Continue to trust Jesus and continue to know that he loves you. And that he wants to be involved in that situation. So, so what I want you to do is meditate on this. And invite Jesus into that situation. Open up your hands. Take that that you have been holding, trying to fix for so long with no results. And now give it, give it or put it in Jesus' hands. And just trust him. He might answer yes, he might answer no, or he might answer no yet. But there is a purpose in everything that he does. Continue to trust him in that particular situation. And I assure you, you'll be able to experience something that you never even imagined in your own life. Because that's how Jesus acts. That's how God is. And even if it's something that is not going to change here while we are on earth, I guarantee you we're going to be in front of Him. And there is not going to be a greater joy than just to be right in front of Him and know that we didn't lose faith, but we continue to trust Jesus. And then He's going to be able to come to you not to the multitude, but he's going to come to you directly. And you're going to be able to see the smile on his face. 
and he's going to be able to say good job you have done very well come and enter into eternal life and I think at that time there is no suffering there is no tear that we are going to remember at that point because everything is going to be complete joy and you're going to say thank you Lord thank you because I didn't see what you were trying to do I was not aware that removing that situation was going to remove me from continuing to trust in you continue to have my faith and maybe lose my faith altogether and you use that situation to bring me closer and that's the reason why I stand right now here with you and the joy that you're going to be able to experience at that moment is going to be like no other so family let's continue to trust in what Jesus is doing in your life even on those areas that you have lost hope let me pray right now dear Lord as we continue to know you even more and more every time as we continue to find out who you are that you're not only the Messiah you're not only God um, in the flesh but that you are interested in everything that is going right now in my life the little things the big things the things that I have joy or the things that I struggle with allow me to trust you in everything allow me to one more time get up right now and run to you and let you know that you are the only reason that you are the only solution that you are the center of our lives and the purpose of why we have life and allow me to continue to be able to not only experience that in my own life but to be able to be a witness for everyone to see it to see how beautiful you are, how lovely you are, how, you know, the grace that you have with all of us and that you continue to love us. Even though you are a God that created everything, you're still interested in each one of us. So I thank you for your love. I thank you for everyone that you have touched today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.